Welcome to Season 6 of the Do More Good podcast, a selection of interviews with the movers and shakers from the third sector and beyond, telling the stories of people doing more good. I'm James, fundraiser at Blood Cancer UK, Marie Curie and now a Sue Rider. I'm also treasurer of the Events Fundraising Group of the CIOF and Bexley Cross Country Champion 1994. And I'm Kenneth, Global Head of Commercial and Fundraising at Parkrun, previously of London Marathon Events and Alzheimer's Research UK and father of three football-obsessed children and best mate to my dog, Kobe. You're listening to the Do More Good podcast. The Do More Good podcast. Uh, welcome to Do More Good podcast. Do good, do more. Do more good podcast. Do more good podcast. That's what you want me to say. Yeah. You're okay. listening. You listening to the Do More Good podcast. Right, here we are, James, back again for another podcast episode. It's the Do More Good podcast. It's episode 99. How are you doing? I am very well, Kenneth. Very well, indeed. Nice to see you. You're back from your uh, your holiday, aren't you? A few days away last week for half term. Just went up to the Derbyshire Dales to a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. But the good news is that with three young kids, it had a ping pong table in the garage. So I've now come back with an absolute whipping forehand at ping pong. I'll probably get yeah. beat quite easily. But yeah, I enjoyed uh, demolishing the kids. Hopefully that taught them. <laughs> I like that. No mercy with the kids. <laughs> like they have to earn a victory. That's, uh... No. Yeah, but it was good. It was good. It was nice to nice to be away, take a bit of a break. But it's Halloween today, James. Is, um, we might get a few interruptions. I'm looking at our guests, whether there's going to be any knocks at the doors. I mean, it's great to see our guests have all come dressed up for the occasion. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, yeah, the kids out trick-or-treating this evening. They are. They, I'm, uh, I'm home alone, actually, at the moment. It's just me and a terrified dog by my feet. <laughs> so if anyone knocks at the door, bear with me. I kind of pictured you as Macaulay Culkin when you said that then. You, you do look a little bit macaulay I've got his kind of boyish good looks, haven't I? Yeah, yeah exactly. Actually, coming on to boyish good looks, what, what would you dress up as if it was Halloween tonight? You were going out, pounding the streets, getting mm. them sweets in. What are you going as? Well, I went topical on this and I thought either Rebecca Vardy, because uh, <laughs> she's had a shocker, <laughs> Graham Brady, perhaps, because anyone who knocks at anyone's door, that's, that's scary for them. And then I thought, like, what are the scariest characters I could come up with? And I looked, I looked through history for a terrifying Kenneth Foreman and I couldn't find one. But there is a Freddy Foreman. Oof. Could go as him. He was involved in the Great Train robbery in the 60s. Apparently he is the guy that busted Ronnie Biggs out of prison. Wow. Um, he has apparently been involved in a couple of murders. So I don't want to upset him. Uh, no. He is listening. But yeah, I thought about him to go down a kind of foreman route. Thanks for giving my grandfather a shout out. I mean, <laughs> we tried to keep that history uh, hidden, but no, uh I think I'd I think I'd go to one of those online shops where you upload a picture of your friend and they send you about twenty five screen masks than of, of your. Oh yeah face. yeah yeah yeah. Probably stick a few of you on there, you know, a few yeah. picture of James go out, maybe a little cycling cap as well, you know. Nice. Dressed yeah. up in the lycra. Yeah. Um, that's that's a scary thought, isn't it? Me and, me and the a, lycra. <laughs> a very a very scary thought. But um, look, let's get on with this episode because I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, we we got approached by these guys a, a few weeks ago it's taken a little bit of back and forth but actually you just had to kind of look into the subject and we were like yeah we'd love to have that conversation so I'll jump on to the introduction so we're pleased to welcome three guests to the do more good podcast this week and we'll be talking all things mentoring and how young people can benefit from being connected to a mentor how this can improve their self-confidence help them to uncover direction and ultimately set and achieve their goals so our first guest 
is Dave Evans. So Dave is the founder and CEO of the social enterprise OKO. OKO is a special social enterprise focused on creating opportunities for young adults to connect with mentors. Dave's experience growing up led to him identifying the need to have mentors to help you develop and grow in life. And 20 years later, after fighting his way to a successful career, he identified that the same problem still existed as when he grew up. And We Are OKO was born with the ambition to provide every young adult a mentor. They have some really big name brands signed up. And within the next 12 months, he aims to have provided 2 million 18 to 30 year olds with a mentor, which I love that ambition. Our next guest is James Hallett. Originally a Brit, James moved to Zimbabwe as a youngster before starting his, his graduate career at Unilever. Latterly, James ran the oral care business at GSK, serving as SVP and is a fellow of the Marketing Society. He's been a mentor for OKO over the past few years. So it'll be great to hear James's experience. And then our last guest and saving the best till last, completing our trio of guests is Adosh Ramcham, who is currently studying for a degree apprenticeship at the RSA. And Adosh is a mentee on OKO and has big dreams to change the world. He's currently studying business management, is also the sports coordinator for the Queen Mary University Hindu Society. So gents, it's great to have you all here. It's been a while since we've had such a good panel of guests, but we'd like to keep this informal, keep it conversational. And let's jump in straight and straight with you, Dave. Tell us a bit about the story of OKO. We've heard you've had an interesting upbringing that comes with its own challenges, but how did your background lead to you being the CEO and founder of OKO? I guess, first of all, I am probably the least likely invested tech CEO you might come across because I don't have a single qualification to my name. I think we spend a lot of our time looking at the past. And actually, the reality is that's one of the things we can't do anything about. But what I'm a very firm believer in is that we can do stuff about our future. And that's really what OCO is there for. And I think that, uh, I mean, I'm definitely not academic, but I'm very, very emotional. And if I look back to when I was a youngster, well, and and actually right now, like James is doing this for me right now, if I'm honest with you, uh, a support function by way of someone putting their arm around you and going, you're all right, and you can go and do it. That's something that can be applied to all of us sort of thing. So, um, yeah, having left school without any qualifications and terrible a- academia because I just don't really get on with the written word. I battled around for for quite a while and thrashed about, but I knew someone who knew someone whose dad was the CEO of Computer Associates, and I knew he earned a million quid a year. And I was like, right, I'm going to go and do that. <laughs> and if I'm really honest with you, the software world didn't want me. I mean, I was a scally when I was a kid. I wasn't a bad kid, but I didn't really have much to do. And so you go and find your own fun, don't you? And that takes you to different places. But all of a sudden, I had this idea. I didn't know what software was. I didn't even know what computers were, really, because I didn't have one. But I was like, right, I'm going to go and make a million quid. And so I just kind of ambled. I mean, always pretty determined individual, so I kept going and um, somehow ended up in advertising, selling advertising, and then a bit of... Uh, kind of media and marketing stuff although I'm terrible at marketing because it just confuses the hell out of me but then I eventually after about it's probably my late 20s I got my first kind of technology job implementing Oracle's advanced procurement suite and for anyone that's listening to this who uh, is an Oracle user they know that there's one bit of Oracle that you don't implement and it's Oracle's advanced procurement suite well <laughs> part, most of it shall I say 
I remember when I was interviewed for that job because it was a procurement consultancy who decided to go tech. And I'm quite, how do I say it? Finesse isn't my strong point, shall we say. And I remember being interviewed by the then chief exec of the company that was called E3. And he said, so what do you know about procurement? And I was like, I don't know. No, don't, honestly, I'd never heard of procurement at that point. I just knew <laughs> I needed to get into technology. And I said, but do you know anything about procurement? And he went, yeah, I know about procurement. I was like, so why do I need to know about procurement? Surely you just need someone like me that's going to go and give it a kick up the arse. And he really didn't like it because he, he wanted me, he wanted everyone to be a procurement specialist and take it very, very seriously. But was this in the interview? Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, and it was a bit more um it was a bit more bullish than this. Yeah, there was definitely a point of or there was a point that he thought was success and I thought was absolute failure. And I said, Well, maybe you've been doing it wrong for 10 years. And then he took me on, and to be fair, as much as I'm not necessarily conventional, I do always go and find a way to deliver. Anyway, that was the start of my career and kind of never really felt like I fitted in because I like I'm all instinct and emotions. I'm not like structure and process is like Arc! and so I kind of but I was good I'm good at building relationships and I always do what I say and people trust me because because I always do what I say. So I kind of that was where my career thrived. But I always used to get sacked from my jobs. And um and it was never for being bad. It was I mean, maybe I piss people off sometimes. I don't know, whatever. Either way, um, all of what I'm kind of explaining here is, is I guess, I'm, and I'm not digging out the corporate world because I am in the corporate world myself. I own a technology company, et cetera, et cetera. But there was definitely a need for someone to put their arm around me, which there has been lots of times. And one of those people currently is, is James Hallett. And he's given me a real confidence boost because he's encouraging me to be more Dave. And I'm like, what? I, all I've ever heard throughout my life is to be less Dave. And, um, and it's like this kind of this incredible feeling where I've got people supporting me for the what feels like. not. I mean, it isn't the first time, but kind of actively encouraging me to be who I am. And so anyway, I did the Oracle stuff and then I ended up out in Silicon Valley starting a a, uh, a robotics business, which was great fun. Lived at the top of a mountain in Santa Cruz in the middle of a redwood forest, drove a muscle car to work through the mountains up to Palo Alto every day. Incredible. It was like my, my living my best life. Um, and then, but in parallel to this, I guess at some point my kind of consciousness had switched on. And I, I mean, I spent a lot of time, not literally, but metaphorically trying to kill myself, drinking a lot, kind of abusing myself because I wasn't happy I felt quite lonely and didn't like stuff wasn't what I needed it to be but wasn't also aware of that and so I'd really been looking at how I go and do something that f is basically food for the soul sort of stuff and um, one of my passions is that I'm a DJ so I kind of I got sacked from another job and I was like right fuck it <laughs> I'm gonna go and do the things that I love and so I built this elaborate kind of academy which teaches young people how to DJ and but also with business skills in there because I, I think we can do the nice sort of vocationy sort of things but we need to make these skills uh, something which is sustainable in, in, in life kind of thing because otherwise really what's the point in doing it? It's like I could go and sit in a council estate where I'd be very comfortable and teach 10 kids how to DJ but 
I mean, I'm an all right, I'm not saying I'm the best DJ, but I'm an all right DJ. Um, but I very quickly realised that I was no Carl Cox, and so I wasn't going to be making a lifestyle out of it. Yes, anyways, I realised the importance for transferable skills, which you can apply for different bits of life, et cetera, et cetera, and spent a few years building this thing. I'm very conscious of the fact that I wanted it to be self-funding. Anyway, beginning of 2020, I'd come back from America, sat with the PLC CEO, with Laura jordan Banback, who's one of the co-founders of OCO, and she's a great supporter of mine and us, and she's incredible. She's the uh, president and chief creative officer of Grey, which is one of the WPP companies. And um, we sat in front of this, this PLC CEO and having a really nice breakfast with him, talking to him about investing in this, this academy that we've got. And he asked me to put it on a balance sheet, how I could change the lives of every youngster in the, com- in the country. And I was like, all right. So I went home and thought about it. And then I went to the pub that evening with a mate of mine and got the old whiteboards up on the wall of the pub and we had a few beers. And we tried to work out how I could turn this into a business case backed up by a, uh, an investable balance sheet. And where I got to was that I couldn't do it. So I went, right, I'm going to go home and build another business and make the money to pay for it. And that business is OCO. What happened through that was I had the freedom to create something new and didn't have any kind of set parameters to it or what have you. And so I don't I didn't really set out to start a mentoring company, but I did set out to and because I had the freedom of no fixed parameters. I started out with my only objective being was enabling everyone. One of the limitations to a lot of the support systems that currently exist in the world and in the country is that they're limited by the amount of people available to them. And so having done lots of automations throughout my my technology career I was kind of quite au fait I mean I can't write a piece of code I mean I'm absolutely useless when it comes to setting up an email or anything but I know how technology could be used and so because of what I'd been doing when I was in Silicon Valley which is very very advanced kind of software robotics I was quite comfortable that what I was actually looking to do was very very simple and so I guess the premise of OCO is that to enable all the young people, it was clear to me that the people that would be their mentors laid in the business community. To get the people in the business community, actually, I needed to build something that was valuable to the companies. And so the whole point of OCO is it's a it's a mission underpinned by a business case, because by companies putting their staff on OCO, first and foremost, it makes them happy because it's really nice to help someone out and to watch them grow. And it's, it, that is the reason I built this business because it, it, if I'm really honest, felt shit about myself my whole life. And watching people like Adash grow and flourish really gets me in the heart. But yeah, and then so the, the other benefits to it is really in order to standardize and make sure the output for the young person was guaranteed, it's actually a, a behavioral science leadership program that trains the mentor how to conduct the sessions. And so that's how we leverage it as a business case. And we charge a very low fee, which makes it applicable and useful to any and every company. Have I explained that well, or have I gone off into Dave world? I think you have. And that, that kind of explains one of the questions we've got later on about how do you connect mentors with mentees? Actually, you go fishing for the mentors. If you think about it like a 
I don't I want to be sound disrespectful, but in the model of it, it's like a marketplace. And it's like you think about Uber. When Uber started, they had to go and get the supply, which are the drivers. And then they had to go and get the demand, which are the users. And then that built. And so there's a bit of a juggling act, absolutely. So, mm. yeah, we have to sell to companies, but we also have to bring the young people on in order for the companies to be able to utilize the platform. So, yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? James, am I saying this clearly or what's? No, you're doing great. You're doing great. I think if anything, you're underplaying it a bit. I mean, I think uh, th- th- this idea that you can, you could that, well firstly that the, this this cohort of kids who've come out of home and school suddenly quite often are completely and utterly at their at their uh, dependent on themselves and they don't get a lot of help and direction it's tough out there it's tough trying to work out how to get on with life and and you know find your first job and not get fired and all those things and this is an opportunity that, that these people can get proper help and what's really interesting about that is the fact that the way it's done with the algorithm is that the matching is very good. So, the way, uh, Dave, you might want to comment on this a bit more because I'll get out of my depth on the technical side. But the matching, I, I'm, I'll talk a bit in a minute about my one of the individuals I'm mentoring at the moment. But on paper, we're fairly different. In truth, because of the matching, we're going on extremely well. And I think that's fundamental because if you get the matching right, then the chances are the mentoring relationship is going to be effective. And we really can have an influence on young people who really need the help. Yeah, absolutely. Dave, I just want to go back to something that you mentioned. You, you, you talked about your relationship with James and how he's kind of put an arm around you. And you said that, you know, you went through through life and always felt like you were getting sacked from jobs and you weren't quite sure of your place in the world. What do you think would have happened if you'd have come across OCO when you were kind of 15, 16, 17? Do you think that would have would have changed your path? So OCO is purely 18 to 30. Sorry, I knew that. That's purely because, well, safeguarding. But really what I'm looking at is, and I, and I hate the way that everyone is so miserable at the moment, because all we look at is the woe. And we make, I mean, every advert is about how terrible it is. You go and watch the news, it's that. And, and so for me, I'm... And I guess I, I, I've been guilty of this joining in and talking about solving the youth crisis, but I'm not looking to solve the youth crisis. I'm looking to enable everyone. And mm-hmm. I think that's to to your point. Um, I think this applies to to all of us, which is that the, the confidence that I've got out of James and my therapist um, of putting their arm around me and kind of telling me that I'm all right, because it's bonkers. Like I've built this thing this technology business which is remarkable I and mean, it really is like we've had young people come and like start businesses out of it we've got loads of incredible wonderful stories so many that i can't articulate them on a on a session like this because it would just be like reading off a list but i think the one thing that really touches us all is confidence isn't it and yeah. and we are better together that's absolutely sure and i think i mean we could really get into this because OCO is really elaborate. And for me, it really keys into like, if we do 2 million mentoring relationships next year, that's 4 million people coming together who probably would never meet. Mm. And, um, and I mean, look, we'll talk to, to Adash in a moment. And, and I think if you were to look at Adash and I on paper or any of the kind of the, the sort of stuff that we evaluate people on, which ultimately is a judgment, you wouldn't say we were the same. 
but we're like brothers like we vibe like i desperately hope at some point adars comes and works with us because we just get on incredibly well he's a bright spark and i feel privileged to be able to hang out with him but and then just one other point that i want to make uh key here is it feels to me like we're and I am as naive as I am privileged in the sense that I don't have much of a formal sort of background or, I mean, I did go to school, but I didn't really learn anything. And well, I didn't go that much and I definitely didn't go to college and I definitely didn't go to university. Um, but it almost feels to me like, like the, the constant desperation to be more sophisticated in society is breeding these like constant classifications and labels on people. And, and back to James's point about our algorithm, OCO pairs purely on the output of psychometric data. And I'll give you an example of, um, this is a bit of a sort of Dave comment, but uh, my CTO rang me up and he said, uh, this is when we were building the thing. He said, which list of genders do you want? And I, I mean, and just hear me out here before anyone gets frustrated because it's, it's a good thing. And I was like, what? I mean, I just didn't, it wasn't something that had come into my mind at this point. And he um he said, well, there's there's I, I can't remember exactly. I think he said there's four lists of genders. And I was like, right, what are they? And he said, well, there's one with two, there's one with four, and there's two others with more and more. And I went, why do we care? And he he's like, what? I said, why do we care? Like, is it a person's a person? Aren't they? And he went, he's like, right. So what are you saying? I said, well, just remove it because why do we care who they are? And he said, what about race? So I was like, yep, get rid of that as well. And so we've removed all kind of like personal characteristic elements of it because a person is a person. And I think that that comes to the broader scale with OCO, which is it is a tool for everyone. It's not a tool for the poor kids. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I might come from a less sophisticated background or what have you. But back to my earlier point, the past, the past, it's irrelevant. Right? All we need to look at is the future. And, and it's, so it's quite funny because we, Adash and I had a mentoring session earlier. And, um, and I was like, actually, I don't even know anything about your family life kind of thing. And, and it's just, I think we spend so much time helping specific groups. I heard a, I heard a psychologist um, talking about this, right? And he said, despite it being in best effort sort of thing, like we're always trying to do the right thing. When we help one specific group, we invariably create division because we're not helping the rest. Mm. And so it's really important to me about OCO, which is I don't care what you are. Um, I want OCO to be a place where any 18 to 30 year old, whether you're a student, whether you're a, I mean, like I've got one lad called Kamari who came through the platform. He's an incredible, incredible lad. He was working in the NHS as a physiotherapist. When I met him, he was just about to start. He wanted to open his first physio clinic. And it was really humbling because I went to the opening of it. And it was amazing. Like his business partner as a physiotherapist for QPR and like Les Ferdinand was down there. And it was like, it was wicked experience to watch these guys, these young guys growing. Like he's 25, 26, something like that. But a year later, he'd left his job in the NHS to go full time in his own business. And I, like for me, that's a big thing to leave like leave the safety of of, a, of an institution like the NHS which thank god the NHS because it keeps me alive but to have the courage to go into your own thing and to uh, to create something and that's and so whether you're a whether you're a student whether you're a, a, I don't mean to I hate using certain words but like whether you're an you're an immigrant who isn't from this country whatever you are 
come to OCO, sign up, and you will be supported by someone who has your best interests. And, and that the other point of this algorithm is it just, I mean, it, people just, they just come together when you're, because they're similar at their core. And I mean, Adash is probably well-placed to talk about that because um, that poor git got lined up with me. <laughs> well, it feels like a good point to bring Adash in. How did you get involved? And when are you quitting or your job to, to go and sell your own company? Um, well, yeah, I'm not too sure about like what the future holds at the moment. But um, the way I got introduced to Oko was actually one of my former colleagues introduced it to me. He mentioned that his girlfriend had done Oko before and found it really like empowering. And I was going through kind of like a time where, I don't know, I felt like my motivation was a bit down. Like I was getting into the rhythm of my apprenticeship and felt like I don't know what I want to do because I'm in my final year. I need to start thinking what I want to do long term. And I was like trying to find out what's my motivation and why do I feel so low? And yeah, I came across Oko and just there was it was quite a simple process, just filled out a simple survey, some psychometric questions. Turns out I got paired with Dave. It's been really like a really good experience. But like that's that's the sort of thing I think Dave was talking about. Like for example, Tinder, you you swipe based on looks. You you most decisions are made based on what you see. Yeah. And not like the deeper sort of level of um a person or 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 someone in general mm-hmm. and i feel like at first when i got connected with dave i was like oh this guy looks nothing like me I, he's from a complete different place i don't think we'll get along but as time went on we started talking more about um how we think about different things our views our values and it turns out we're really similar we've got a lot in common and and and, and dave's been really powerful in terms of helping me shape my future what i want to do my aspirations uh, we usually go into like a really deep conversation about a specific topic and it like really helps broaden my mindset and um, my vision. The Yoko platform is generally something that can change loads of young people's lives. And as, yeah, like I said, it's already sort of changing mine uh, in a really good way. Adosh, just wanted to go back, like thinking, I mean, you, you're younger. I think I can say that you're you're a few years younger than the rest of us on this call. You know, recently been in education, still in education at the moment. I'm just wondering, as you, as you were kind of growing up over through your teenage years to kind of where you are now, has kind of getting a mentor or connecting with someone that was maybe a stranger in some kind of way that you connected with, was that ever part of your plan? Or is it just by the fact that you you, you stumbled across this that you actually went to find a mentor and actually developed the relationship with Dave? Um, I think I think I did kind of stumble across it. It was... I've actually always enjoyed like doing things by myself. I, I've always had this vision like, oh, I, I can do it. I believe in myself and I can just go ahead and do it. Not that I didn't value mentorship before, but it was just, I just really backed myself in certain situations. Can I just um, jump in very quickly? I just want yeah, to read you something. Just let me read this out to you. And Dash might clip around the ear tomorrow when we're meeting for the first time. This is the Dash's bio. And I love this. So when you join OCO, as a young person, it takes you six minutes, you do a psychometric test, you pop a photo, you write your bio, and then the algorithm goes to work and it pairs you with someone. And this is a dash. I'm a 21-year-old degree apprentice. I'm studying at Queen Mary University and working at the Royal Society of Arts. I want to be challenged and stretched to be the best that I can be. I want to develop my own business, write a book, change the world. I'm quite ambitious, but want to be guided by a mentor that can truly transform my life. How does it feel hearing that back now, Adarsh, and then thinking about the experience you've had so far? Hearing that back from where I was to where I am now, there's more of a an idea of how I can get there. 
rather than before where I was just I had all this energy but I didn't know where to direct it and I think that's one of the things that Oko really brings like someone who can like Dave said put their arm around you and point you in that direction and say just go for it and that's what Dave's been for me. It's Kenneth's turn to get the drinks in this week, so I'm going to let you know that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Do More Good Pod. Or if you're a professional business person, you can find us on LinkedIn too. There's a website, domoregood.uk, packed full with episodes, blog posts, details of the team, and a link to the newsletter for your VIP content. We're coming back, two pina coladas and a lager for me. And, and as, the, as the arm putter around her, James, how did you get involved in this? And that comes with a certain <clears throat> level of, of pressure, doesn't it? Like you've got to impact somebody's life, help them change the world. He's, he's fairly ambitious about that. So I'm at the a bit the other end of the, the spectrum on all this. So I, I've worked for many years and got into the happy position a year ago where I can and have stopped doing five day a week full time work. So I can pretty much set my agenda and do the stuff I like to do. And I, I'd always enjoyed the the trying to develop people and make them the best they could be and all the rest right through my career. It was one of the things I enjoyed. I liked trying to build effective cultures and business. And I think it's, it's a completely different subject than today, but I think it's really fundamental to how businesses operate and, and by the way, can succeed. Anyhow, I then also, and it was mentioned earlier, I, I'm involved with the Marketing Society and they also have signed up and got involved as one of, of Dave's early, can we call it, I don't want to call them clients, but if you like, uh, businesses that are supporting OCO. And they asked me, would I get involved with this? And I said, yes. So I then did the whole, just simply joined as a mentor, went through the process of putting in all my information and then relatively quickly got combined up with this young woman in France who I at first thought, God, this is a bit different. I mean, she's not even half my age. But quite quickly, we found real common ground and then also worth emphasizing it's very well constructed i mean i've seen a lot of this over many years but the it's not like you go onto a blank sheet there are is a very clear well thought through behavioral science uh supported dare i say it dave process right <laughs> that takes you through that with the stepping stones and the way it works and all the rest and that works well too i suppose it's worth saying i found it really what's the word it's, it's given me a real sense of, of of achievement i had a situation just recently where this woman is applying for a job in the uk she wants to come back to the uk for personal reasons and she's a little bit i'm a bit more extrovert she's a bit more introvert and it's a bit quiet i spent quite a lot of my time trying to bring her out and you know she'd write her cv and it was always a bit sort of down and she was always a bit you know hiding her light under a bushel so i kept pushing kept pushing eventually she said she said wrote to me saying could could I have a look at the letter for her application? I said, of course. And she sent me this letter. And honestly, it was just an absolute revelation. This was such an exciting, well-written letter, which had absolutely achieved the objective of making people who would receive it want to meet her, which is essentially what you're trying to do with a letter attached to a CV. You're trying to break through and at least get to the next stage. And I think she's in with a really good chance of that. And I like to think there's no chance she would have written that letter three months ago in the same way. And so I think this is a really powerful thing. And simply, I, I'm at a career stage now, where I can help a bit, I will. And then I've just got involved with Dave, seeing what we can do on the to expand, the, to be honest, just expand the platform faster. Because if it's good, let's get it to more people a bit quicker. And that's what we're trying to do. We've got a big session, as it turns out, tomorrow afternoon up in London, with a whole range of different companies that are coming along to have a listen. I'm going to make sure Dave does his Dave thing. And... 
because uh, I think it really engages the audience. And then we'll go from there and see see how we can expand more more quickly. So that's what I've been doing. Yeah, I'd agree, James. I think hearing Dave talk about it was was really engaging and actually. It's, it sounds brilliant, even better than the research that we've done. I just wanted to ask you a question, James. Just to, We've spoken to quite a few organisations on this podcast over the years. Various people have been mentioning mentors and mentors have played key parts in people's careers and helping them get there. But one thing that's always come out is that the mentors themselves actually say they learn a lot about themselves in the process as much as they're giving to the mentee. Just wondering for you and Dave, what, what have you learned about yourselves through being that that mentor Oh God! I, I, by the way, firstly, absolutely, and it, it whilst it's very affirming, you do have moments where you think, God, I should, I, I could have done that better, or really, I think that this would have been more worthwhile. And and a, a really important point I have emphasised with my mentee that I really expect her to feed back to me, mm-hmm. and you know, if it's working well, that's useful. If it's not so good, that's much more useful because really. Why is that? And what could I do different to make it better? So, yes, you learn a lot. And I think it's the one real responsibility of the mentee to feed back and help the mentors. What are you doing to help here? And it's a bit different to coaching. Mentoring is you is it's learned experience trying to bring that to bear to help influence and make better for the mentee. But the mentor needs to learn all the time. And cracky, you do. And and uh, and that's part of the fun of it and it's, and it's part of the satisfaction you get and all the rest. Dave, do you want to add to that? Do I want to? Yeah, of course I want to add to it. I love having a chat, don't I? I mean, what is OCO, right? OCO is a productized version of how I would coach someone. And so when it came to designing the program, I had to build something that could be applied to any situation by any person. Because if you hear about mentoring programs, it's always talking about the leaders of companies that do it. And it's usually for the the poor kids or whatever it is sort of thing. And and so, and often they're quite tactical, like it's like write a CV or what have you. And so uh, we had to build this thing so it kept people um moving autonomously because otherwise we haven't got a scalable business and so the program that sits behind OCO is foundational and it runs over well it actually runs over seven steps but six step program sounds much better than that so we just call it six steps and let them work out the last one and so the first step bearing in mind you've been paired with someone who's like you and you've heard from James and Adash there but the first step is self-awareness. And so ultimately you're working out who you are and the program is built on the grow model. So the first step of the program is working out what the young person wants to achieve. Second step of the program is superpowers. And so what the program does is it, it te- trains the mentor how to dig and dig and get underneath the surface so that they can not only, because I, I mean, I think we live in a world of, of words and words are cheap, man. Like, yeah, you're great at something. It's kind of a re- in the moment, yeah, nice to have a compliment paid to you, but very easy to dismiss that, particularly when you're as neggy on yourself as I am. Mm. And so really the art there is about training the mentor to almost kind of take the young person back to find examples of where the reasons that they're great at something, mm. oh, thank you, why the reasons they're great at something, or, or to evidence the reasons that they're great at something. So they really believe them and they stick, they stick with them. Um, and then step three is uncovering barriers to success, because guess what? It ain't going to go to plan. And I can give you a hundred of those stories. Um, the second half of the plan we call action. 
And step four is communication because it's the bedrock of everything. Uh, step five is attitude and taking responsibility because we need to realize how we walk into a situation as a direct correlation to how we walk out of it. And then the last step of the program is problem solving and resilience, because back to step three, it ain't going to go to plan. Mm. Um, and let's make sure we've got broad shoulders. And I think kind of, I mean, I do live in a mythical world up, up somewhere else that who knows where that exists. But in a world where mental health, quite rightly, is talked about a lot, you take someone through that experience and they're more confident because they really know who they are and they know what they're doing. But also you feel good about yourself and you've learned how to tune into someone else and you're sharing in that success. And like one of my favourite moments from James, I see James as, a, as like a big boss of Don because you're a senior leadership team. Mm, of- no, no, no. Yeah, I let you think I was more important than I really was. <laughs> yeah, but- <laughs> I mean, senior leadership is one of the top 10 companies in the country. And so when I see James, I mean, look, we get on like a house on fire, which is wonderful. And I want to be clear, we met because I answered a support call, not because like there's no interest in any of this. This is James going, but we like this thing. But he rang me up after he'd read that letter. And he's like, do you know what? I just realized I had such a good time. I'm really happy. And I think really that's the essence of it all. It's like... There's value on both sides, right? Yeah, well, I mean, we've got some... Yeah, definitely value on both sides. But when I built it, we had to make it so it was free to the young people. And so the commercial model that sits behind it is that uh, we charge a nominal fee to companies for them to put their staff on. And the point is, is that by putting your staff on OCO, A, they're going to be really happy because they're getting to experience someone else flourishing... B, you're going to actually deliver that culture of leadership across your business that every company talks about but can't do because the only way to deliver a culture of leadership is to be a leader. And so all of a sudden, the platform, the program that sits behind OCO means that anyone in a company, as long as they're 26 or older, can be a leader, which is, I mean, it's just transformational for organizations because all of a sudden, you've got a culture of happiness. You've got a culture of taking care of one another, support and and so it teaches a lot, but really it's, I mean, leadership courses are usually in a classroom or a rainforest or what have you. And so OCO is very easy to use. It's an hour and a half a month. You do it from your desk through your computer. It's all safe within the OCO app because we have calling and scheduling and everything you could possibly need in order to conduct that relationship and to, and to connect with people. But in a world where there's so much dross and negativity, I think that if we can connect one side to the other, it will all be a much happier place. And there's also a lot of research out there that states that companies that do this sort of thing really thrive as a, as a point of it. And then there's also the other bit is that it's the purest form of diverse inclusivity because no one's got a choice. Yeah. I mean, they get paired on similarities, which you can't see. And mm. I think in a world where polarization is so rife, I mean, let's do more of that. Yeah. Before we move on to the, the future and your plans, we, we, we've already talked about one of your ambitions. Adash, you've just learned that the six steps is actually seven. Is there, is there anything else you've learned maybe about yourself over doing this? You say, you know, you, you said earlier on that you're quite ambitious and you're, you've got quite a can-do attitude. Are there other things that the guys have brought out of you that you didn't necessarily realise about yourself, but you've, you've kind of noticed by these conversations? Yeah, I would say one of the stages that like really stands out to me is the superpower stage which Dave spoke about I don't speak for every young person but I think 
today's generation we're quite um we, we feel quite low about ourselves sometimes and put ourselves down sometimes we think it's like cool to be negative or or whatever but i found that session really interesting because it meant i had to dig in deep into what i think was good about myself and i i, I realized i i have a lot of strengths that i don't realize um and there's things that like for example dave saw uh when i when we had this discussion um during this session um that i didn't even realize about myself like um one of the things that dave said i was i was that he thinks is one of my strengths and i now believe is one of my strengths is that i i'm really good at enabling others when i speak i think i have a big influence and i'm able to like grasp a room and dave was like oh yeah that's that's, that's one of your strengths and you gotta you gotta use it to to your advantage one of the things i've learned is being able to recognize that i've got a lot of good about myself i've got to use it it's all it's all good saying that i'm good at this or that but actually showing that i can be good at a certain thing is something that i don't think i've done more, more often i don't think i've utilized my strengths uh, as much as i could have so i think that's one of the key things i've learned so far through doing the oko program amazing you're a rock star Adash. i can see you holding a room dave i want to just talk a bit about the future like we, we've covered kind of the the value that the oko offers to to both young people to mentors it's a technology play it's easy it's inclusive it's open to everyone You've got that have to be over eight, over 18 to 18 to 30, I think you said for a, for a mentee. Um, but anyone over 28, did you say for, for a mentor? Is that the rule at the moment? The one thing that you can't get away from people judging on is age. Right. So you can't have a mentor who is younger than the mentee. And so we have a something built into the technology, which means that there has to be a certain gap between those. Um, because our youngest person is 18 that means that the minimum age to be a mentor on the program is 26 yeah and so you know we spoke at the start but, some... but, but, sorry but, and to but, the, but... there is a point there which is the minimum age is 26 but our customers aren't the mentors our customers are companies yeah and so we want companies to put their entire businesses on this thing because it works across the business um, and for anyone in their business who's too young to be a mentor, they can be a mentee. Mentee, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's great. We've just signed up the BBC, and um, and my favourite bit of of doing work with the BBC is that they're putting their apprentice or they're putting some of their apprentices from the information security team on as mentees. And the bit I really like about that is that it's free. So I mean, from a business case perspective, I think it's. Uh, James, what do you reckon? I mean, as a proposition to the to the corporate world. I mean, that's what yeah. I was going to ask about. Sorry, just to, just on my question was just about the future plans, the growth. I was going to refer. I saw that you you posted the other day about the BBC link up, which seems like a great one. But hearing you talk about it, it feels like this scale is this this could be could be massive. Well, and it, will be again, massive. it will be massive. How do you get it massive, and how do you get get it massive quickly? Well. We've got a bit of a secret squirrel meeting. Going oh, and um, what we like. And I think we look, I, I'm all up for defying convention. I mean, I've made a career out of doing stuff that people told me I wouldn't do. And I've had a lot of that with Oco. I tried to approach the investment market at the start and I got ignored largely and told I wouldn't be able to do it and wouldn't be able to do this, that, and the other. So I have absolutely, I mean, I'm a DJ that sold my decks. I mean, that's how, how that's how drastic it's got. 
I mean, we're pressure tested. We've had about a thousand people through the platform. And the point is you could drop a million people on it tomorrow. And the proposition's really straightforward. It's like, look, companies, you look great for doing it. It will make your staff really engaged because they'll be having a great time. And they'll all talk to each other about it and it will train everyone in your company to be a leader and you don't have to do anything. It takes you 20 minutes to sign up and pay for it. Terms are standard. Just do it. I think that's it, really. And actually, and the way we need to do it is by ultimately influencers. So we've been working with, I mean, we've got we've got a number of organizations on the platform, but probably the three larger organizations of late are Gray, which is part of WPP, largest advertising company in the world, Bright Pearl, which is a Sage company, third largest tech company in the country. And we've just signed a trial with the BBC, which is great. And so we just need to keep pushing. And tomorrow we've got a meeting, which if it goes well, I think it's the sort of meeting they'll make a movie out of. Yeah, senior, senior people from very large organisations. And, and, and I think that's where OCO is really quite bulletproof, because when it comes to writing a business case, it's a thousand pounds a year as a, an access fee. The only reason it's a thousand pounds is that we need a company to sign a contract, which has to have a, a, a fiscal element to it. They need to sign the contract. So they're taking responsibility for their staff, which is a big part of how we deliver on safeguarding. And then it's 50 quid ahead a year for everyone they want to put on it. I'm very, very comfortable with what it delivers. If anything, it's probably so inexpensive that some people dismiss it. But we need more people like you to help us tell our story and to spread the word because the world needs it there's a lady called azita barat she's i was getting she she either worked at the ilo and is now at the glo or vice versa and there's a quote from her which is like despite all efforts there is not a single solution out there to solve the youth crisis and that is the premise that i built oco on Nice. It sounds like you have a big day tomorrow. Uh, at the end of it, I'm imagining there's a sort of there's a bit of a and a where people fire questions at you. We have got three for you to, to wrap up today. Uh, one each, Kenneth, what do you reckon? Let's do it. Yeah, one each. Who's yeah. who's going to get the first one, James? You go for it. Uh, I think we'll bring, uh, gosh, we go for James then, the first one. If you could transport back in time and meet your 20-year-old self, what piece of advice would you give and why? Don't ask permission. Ask forgiveness. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. We yeah. like that one. Well, perhaps with perhaps with a little cap, you know, within good values. But so I'm not really encouraging people to go and rob banks. But yeah. but you know, get on with it. Have a go. Have a go. Life's too short. Yeah. I think I probably there were lots of times where I was probably you know backed off a bit. Which I haven't. Have a go. Nice. Nice. We're having a go here. Yeah. We want to have a go here. Yeah, it sounds like you're having a go. All right, Adash, I'm going to come to you with the next one. Can you tell us about one life hack or a productivity tool or a habit or a skill or something that you've taught yourself recently you think everybody needs to know about? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> you got the curveball. This is this is like, okay, this is maybe completely off topic, but um, if if I've ever run out of mouthwash, what I do is I get, um, so I get my toothpaste and I put like a little bit on my finger and then put it in my mouth and then just take a bit of water it ends up mixing together and then i just use it as like mouthwash and it basically cleans my mouth um yeah, obviously exactly. after i brush my teeth but that's like my biggest yeah. life hack i told my brother that the other day and he's like yeah because like for example he has his breakfast um and then goes to school he's like oh i need to make sure my breast smells nice 
we don't have mouth wash what do we do he gets the yeah he does the thing that i, I taught him so that's probably like my coolest life hack wow you guys <laughs> love that that's all exactly... hygiene tips that you'll be passing on in 20 years time very good i mean yeah. to be fair maybe james hallett needed a dash around because i mean this is the business that james ran dave you get the big one it's a difficult one so you can take your time if you like but uh as a podcast that is focused around people doing more good what's your favorite story or inspiring individual who you have met on your journey who has done something good for others um, that's really hard mm. there's someone i mean the person that so james it depends on what you're talking about scale right james has really boosted i mean this has been really hard for me. I, I guess I started telling that story about the fact that we're not funded and all that sort of thing. And I've really had to lay it on the line for this company. And my confidence has taken some real kicks over the past couple of years. And so James has definitely been an individual who's made a vast difference to my life. But if we're talking about others and we're talking about scale, her name is Emma Disney, and we're very fortunate, Oko, to have her having recently joined the business. And Emma is a psychotherapist that specialises in working with young people who are in a very challenging state and often suicidal. And she is, uh, she's their rock. And so she does this, it's her passion, it's her, her vocation in life. And she is a marvellous, marvellous human being, which we're all very privileged to have her around. Nice. Great. Well, look, guys, we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you so much for all your energy and, and passion that you brought to this. I think it'll make for a really interesting listen to hopefully uh, a lot of our listeners. Dave, where if anyone's listening to this and thinking, I want to sign up or I want to get my company signed up, where should they go? We are oco.com. Easy. Done. It'll take them... 20 minutes to sign up my uh, the back end is really straightforward it's the easiest bit of tech they'll ever sign it's like signing up to slack it's just go straight through and within 20 minutes you'll be inviting your team on to be mentors brilliant okay dave james adosh thank you so much for your time we appreciate it uh james Wright, i'll come to you any final thoughts oh just just three little words really be more dave be more dave yes we'll end it there thanks a lot guys take care see you thanks later. cheers see Just before we go, can we ask a favour? We would very much appreciate if you can leave us a review on iTunes or on your preferred podcast platform. You can also find out more about us on our website at domoregood.uk. And if you'd like to get in touch with either James or myself, you can contact us at contact at domoregood.uk. Let us know how we can improve the show, whether you have a recommendation for a guest or whether you'd like to feature yourself. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another story of someone doing more good.